That's Kara with the Seed Kitchen with the Cape, and I help human beings heal their relationship with food. And today we have a really awesome interview with a woman named Tara Kempt, and I'm so excited for it. You guys are going to get a lot out of today. But before I dive in, I just want to quickly chat with you guys about Food Body Soul. So last week I had released a podcast all about the details. So if you are interested in learning about Food Body Soul, which is my upcoming group coaching program, and it is a 12-week program virtual, so you can be wherever you are in the world and participate. And we close out with a in-person retreat in Los Angeles in January 2020. So you will be starting off the new year from this really transformed place. We are going to spend the first month healing your relationship with food, getting to a place where you're not thinking about food all day long and eating is actually easy. And then we're going to spend the second month working on your body image and your self-worth and detaching your worth from your weight. We're going to learn about connecting more to the woven and wisdom of your body. So what I call body wisdom. And then in the third month, it's all going to be about connecting to your intuition, your larger purpose, creating a life out side of food and this is the piece that brings it all together and makes it all stick long term and because it's a group coaching program there's going to be an element of sisterhood so if you feel like you're stuck in the comparison trap all the time or you feel like you're always sizing yourself up to your friends or to other people deciding if you're you know better because you're thinner or not as good because you're bigger and you find that you scroll through Instagram and just compare yourself to everybody that you see. I'm going to support you in getting out of that comparison trap and really healing that sisterhood wound so you don't automatically size yourself up to every woman you meet or to your friends or the women in your life. So if you're interested in Food Body Soul, it is the perfect fit for you if you are struggling with binge eating, emotional eating, yo-yo dieting, falling on and off the wagon. If you've tried every lifestyle, change imaginable that wellness culture has put out there or if you feel like eating is causing you stress and it's interfering with the quality of your life and your relationships if you're sneaking around hiding binging on food in secret if you're not going out to social events or you have anxiety over the menus at restaurants and you can never just choose something it's always a mental battle or if you automatically count up calorie points or carb points or macros in your head and you're always thinking about food If that sounds like you, then Food Body Soul will help you heal and clean up all of that. You know, it'll help you create peace of mind and so you're not thinking about food all day long. And of course, we will help you detach your worth from your weight so that you can connect to your inherent worthiness and really step into the empowered female that you really are. So... If that sounds like you, then I invite you to apply for a complimentary discovery call. You can go to karaskitchen.net forward slash FBS. So food, body, soul, FBS. Again, that's karaskitchen.net forward slash FBS. And you can learn a little bit about the program on that page and apply for a discovery call. We'll hop on the phone. We'll talk about where you're at, what you're dealing with what it would take to have you heal. And if we both feel like Food Body Soul is an awesome fit, then we'll talk about that. And if not, no worries. That call is my gift to you. 
So that is all for the little bit of the commercial today. Today's interview with Tara Kempt is really amazing. One of the things that I really loved, I was going through and editing it, I was thinking about how she really beautifully illustrates how it's not the food that you're eating. It's how you're thinking about the food that you're eating. It's how you're relating to it. It's about the place from which you're choosing, your intention behind it. So she talks about her relationship with plant-based diets and how she's helped people adopt plant-based diets in her life. And it's not that plant-based diets are like the way to heal your relationship with food. They're not. Many people transition into veganism just as a way to restrict themselves or to disguise their disorder eating. So it's not veganism in and of itself that helped her heal or will help anyone heal for that matter. It's actually the mindset and the intention in which you are relating to the food. And she really explains that not only with her own story, but how she talks about becoming the coach that she is so she's you know she's studying to get her PhD she's going to be a mental health professional and she talks about how she works with people and how she focuses so much more on the deeper stuff the inner work because really that's where the transformation uh, lies or where the access to the transformation really lies and I really think you're going to get a lot out of today so without further ado let's dive in I think you're going to love Tara she is incredible Welcome back to the Love Your Bod Pod. Today, we have a lovely guest with us. Her name is Tara Kempt, and she is a health and lifestyle coach, mental health advocate, nutrition educator, researcher, writer, and speaker. She is currently studying to receive her PhD in psychosocial health. Tara's background in nutrition and lifestyle medicine, along with her personal journey with mental health, have led her to be passionate about building a healthy relationship with body, food, and self. Tara shares wisdom on these topics and guides people to do their inner work through her social media presence, personal coaching, and in-person retreats. When she isn't studying or working on these projects, Tara loves cozying up with a good book, dancing around her apartment to Taylor Swift, heck yes, and trail running, hiking, and cross-country skiing in the mountains around her current hometown in Flagstaff, Arizona. How'd I do reading that? That was beautiful. Look at that. I love it. So many juicy things. Tara, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh my gosh, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, before we quickly dive into the cues, the questions, Tara and I have a mutual friend named Brandilyn in common. And Brandilyn was previously on the podcast episode 14, but that's how we got connected. And I've just been following Tara for, I don't know, maybe six months now. And I'm so excited that she's finally here on the pod. Yeah, and shout out to Brandlin. Everyone should go listen to that episode because she's a lady boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk about her all the time because she's like a huge part of my life, right? So yeah, everyone should listen to that if they haven't. Okay, so let's dive in. A quote that I love is, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and it has made all of the difference in my life. And that's by Steve Jobs. Mm, I like that. Yeah, I love it. So can you connect the dots for us? What yeah. To where you are now doing the work you're doing to help people with their relationship with food, body and self, mental health, all the stuff. Totally. Yes. And that reminds me of a quote. Um, I don't know if you know, Miles Adcox, he's a mental health I don't even know what to call him, worker. He just, he's in the field. He like hosts these amazing retreats. Anyways, he has 
said before, you can't connect the dots until you collect the dots. I mean, like you have to look back with like that self-awareness. I love it. Anyways, yes, connecting the dots of my life. So yes, um, I first became particularly interested in nutrition during high school, um, following a period of disordered eating. And I, I'll try to make this like the abridged version of the story and you can <laughs> ask me questions about any particular parts if you want to, but um, I had lost weight and that wasn't intentional, but then happened and I knew I wanted to gain weight back, but I didn't like the ideas of just eat an extra candy bar every night or put butter on everything, which are two suggestions that were given to me by physicians. Um, and yeah, I wanted to do it healthfully, but it also wasn't really about the weight, as you know. And so ultimately I was trying to figure out how to make food this positive thing in my life, how to make it a supporting thing that brought peace and joy rather than confusion and fear. Because growing up initially, it wasn't that. And then it became this coping mechanism for some other like anxieties and mental health things I was dealing with. And then in the wake of that, it's like, wait, how do I get back to that place where I was, where it was all just fine? But also now that I've been thinking more deeply about food, I want to do it from this place of like really understanding nutrition and nourishing myself. Um, but I didn't really have a lot of guidance in how to do that because there is information everywhere and it's all conflicting. And I wasn't in a space yet where I was like trained to be able to, you know, read research studies or discern information and things like that. So anyways, that was how I initially got interested in nutrition in general. Um, and so just kind of <clears throat> on my own, I was never in like a treatment center. I never saw like any mental health counselors. Um, it was kind of something that was pretty hidden, like my immediate family knew, but it wasn't like a, I don't know. It wasn't something that I got help with essentially. So on my own, I kind of figured it out kind of, <laughs> and had gotten to a place where I wasn't thinking about food all the time anymore or trying to be a perfectionist with it. And I just felt, you know, generally like I was in a pretty good place and it was around that time. Um, so that like when all of the food stuff really started for me, I was like 14 ish. And then when I was 19, so I was in, it was like the summer before my um, sophomore year of college, I started hearing more about a vegan diet and I decided that I wanted to give it a try. So at the start of my sophomore year of college, I just decided to try out eating vegan and it was totally just an experiment. It wasn't like a, I feel really called to do this for any particular moral purpose or like whatever. It was truly just, I'm hearing cool things about this and I'm curious and I kind of want to try it. And, um, I did. And I mean, I had also at that point been pretty close to vegetarian already just based on like my interest in nutrition and stuff. So it didn't feel like that big of a leap for me. Um, so it wasn't very difficult. And honestly, I just, I felt great. And so I was kind of like, I'm just going to ride this out. I didn't say I'm going to do this for two months and then we'll see, or I'm going to do this for one year. It was truly just like, I'm going to do this today and maybe I'll do it tomorrow too, or I'm going to do it. <laughs> until I decided not to. Just started reading all about it. I read tons of books and just got so, like I just went all in on the nutrition stuff. And um, I also began learning more about some of the other benefits of it, you know, coming from like the moral aspect of 
some people's um, opinion that we shouldn't eat animals. And I, I like that idea of being able to, you know, be more compassionate with my choices and also thinking about the environmental effects of it and being able to eat more in alignment with the earth and what is serving, you know, this whole earth community. Like it just became this ultimately like spiritual thing where I was like, yes, this is just, so for me, I'm not saying that is for everyone, but for me in my journey, that was huge because like I said, it just put food in such this, in such a positive light. And it enabled me to, to see food as something beyond just like myself. It wasn't like, I'm just eating for fuel. It was like, I'm eating this food and I'm making these choices as an extension of my value system. And that felt so good. It was like, I'm making choices that not only affect me, but affect the world around me. And that really helped me even more so to separate myself from it and not make, to like take that, because I have a very like perfectionist tendency. I have an overanalytic mind. And so that was helpful for me to like take a big picture perspective. Um, and from there, I got involved in the field of plant-based nutrition. I've been working in the field of nutrition and lifestyle medicine for the past seven years now. Um, and so I, right out of college, was working with this organization called the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. And from there was, and prior to that, I had like done internships with Engine 2 and things like that. And yeah, for me... Um, it was amazing. I loved every second of my work, but I also started to really recognize that there was so much emotion involved in so much of the psychological, emotional space was being affected and was affecting it. And that's like on all levels, on all ends of the spectrum. Like in some cases, you know, people were making what looked like healthy choices, like eating, you know, like salads and sweet potatoes and lots of veggies and like doing all the things that we were recommending, but they were doing that from a place of fear and like low self-worth or other people really wanted to make changes, but felt so terrible about themselves because they felt like they were self-sabotaging. It's like, I know I want to eat this way. Why do I still make these choices that aren't in alignment with that? And then, you know, there were other people who, felt like they were trying to, like they wouldn't be worthy. They wouldn't be, you know, it was all about like the body. It was like, I need to be thin. I need to, and it was just like, there were so many different things. And it was like, wait, wait, wait. This is not just about food. And this is not just about nutrition. And that is not really the story, the whole story here. Like that's one really small piece of this puzzle when it comes to food and health. and from that, I just, you know, started learning more about, and I've always been a very, like, emotional person. I've always been really interested in psychology. Um, I've always been all up in the feels. So for me, this was just, like, a natural trajectory, and I really started switching my focus from, you know, I had initially thought that I wanted to be a dietitian, and that's not to say that dietitians aren't necessary. I think that they are so necessary. I'm so grateful for all the amazing dietitians that are out there. Same as the physicians, like there's a place for everyone. But like, for me, I was just like, I actually don't really care about talking about vitamin C or, you know, all these different nutrients and minerals and stuff. Like, I think it's so cool that food provides all those things. And it's awesome. And I love learning about it. But the place that I want to meet people at is like, 
how, what is your relationship with yourself? What is your relationship with food? What is, how are you thinking about these things? How does it affect the way that you feel about your body and relate to your body and just all of that? And so I started switching my attention towards those things and learning more about them. And yeah, that kind of led me to where I am today. Um, and I'm just the most thrilled to be exactly where I am in this moment and excited for where I'm headed to. Yay. Beautiful. So much good stuff. I have, there are a few things that you said that I specifically want to touch on and you started to get to them towards the end. And I can really see the parallels between your journey with plant-based diets. I can see the parallels with Randolyn's journeys with plant-based diets. I'm no longer a vegan mm -hmm. uh, for various different reasons, but I can see that your mindset towards plant-based diets was my mindset towards plant-based diets. I actually was like, oh, the, it's not about me anymore. The food's not about me. The food's not about my weight. It's actually about the world I want to live in. And I had a very serious eating disorder, but that mindset and relationship to food and to plant-based diets really supported my, it was a huge part of my healing process. Yeah. So that was kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit with you. So you had mentioned earlier that there was like all this nutritional confusion and there's all this conflicting data and all of that. Right. And there's so many people that will argue for pro for plant-based diets. There's so many people that argue for bulletproof or paleo like keto is all the rage right so there's there's yeah. literally like extremely educated people arguing on all sides of the spectrum totally so i've come to this belief that it's like individual that like what's nourishing to you is not nourishing to someone else regardless of like the environmental impacts and the animal activism like there's still this individual component and i do agree that food can be an incredibly positive fun nourishing thing and you alluded to something at the end that you were witnessing these people who would kind of have these they would be coming at veganism. They would be coming at transitioning to a plant-based diet and their mindset was actually interrupting their ability. Their mm -hmm. mindset was getting in the way and it was because it was coming from restriction or you said self-sabotage or a lack of self-worth. So I would love it if you, as someone who's a mental health professional, becoming a, a, a I guess a doctor, a PhD in this, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about like why the mindset piece is actually more important than the food on your plate? Because something I always say is it's not what you're eating, it's what you're thinking and feeling about what you're eating or why you're eating it, per se. So can you dive into that piece and why, why does that piece make such an, why does it make such a make or break kind of deal? Totally. So, I mean, mindset, first of all, we live inside our brains. Like we are very much our mental, the way that the things that we are thinking, the feelings that we're feeling like that is our mental emotional experience and that is the reality that we are living in and to make a healthy to make a you know quote healthy choice from an unhealthy mindset just it it like it spoils it it taints it it's like this isn't actually healthy because well not only is it not healthy because stress number one is super unhealthy so putting your body into a state of stress is you know less, you know, more unhealthy than probably an unhealthy food choice in many cases, especially if that is constant, if that's all day long, every day, you're panicking, thinking about what am I going to eat next? What am I going to do this? And whatever. Also the state that we are in, just like from a physiological sense, I'll start like, you know, the, the state that our body is in as it's digesting food affects all of those processes. But then also from a mental standpoint and from just a sustainability standpoint, you know, we're we're hardwired to avoid fear. So 
it is not sustainable to be making certain choices from a restrictive or low self-worth or fearful state. Like it just, it won't be sustainable. It will, the slingshot will swing us backwards at some point. And, and yeah, like your, your mental health is just as important as your physical health. I mean, it's not even separate. It's all the same. And so if you're making a choice that is physically like should be healthy, but then mentally isn't, then it just isn't healthy. It's like both have to be there or the equation is not putting you into an actually healthy direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming then it, that is that part of what kind of triggered you into wanting to pursue more of the mental health, the deeper stuff, the self-worth was actually witnessing how it's not just enough to do the nutritional change, but it's about the place from which you're choosing it. So something I always really love to talk about with my clients is making choices from a place of power as opposed to a place of fear. Mm -hmm. And so is that, was was that one of like the big triggers or the big dots that kind of had you pivot and be like, I actually want to support people in this place because I actually realized that this is the foundation. This is the source of what allows them to transform. Totally. And for me, you know, the thing that I loved most about a plant-based diet was never, oh, you know, someone's cholesterol goes down or, oh, someone loses weight. It's like the things that happen because of those things, you know, like if someone gets off of their diabetes medications or if someone no longer has arthritis pain or like all these different things that we see so often happening when someone adopts a plant-based diet, it's like, that's them getting their life back, you know? But if you're making choices from an unhealthy place, then you're not getting your life back. You're putting yourself into a new jail cell. It's like, and so I, I just, I saw so many people, I realized that for so many people, I think I just started to recognize all of the deeper levels of it where, you know, there is so much self-worth tied up in it. There is so much, you know, if someone is wanting to eat a plant-based diet just because they want to lose weight, I mean, and that's, that's not to say that it's wrong to want to lose weight, but that has to be coming from that place of what you just said, that power, that state of self-love where you're saying, I know that I am worthy of a long, full, healthy life. And I love myself as I am right now in this moment, but I also love myself so much that I know that I'm worth being in this healthier state. And so I'm going to love myself every step of the process to get to that point. And it's not like I love my, I will love myself more when I get there. It's just that like, I know my worth. And so I know that like, I am worthy of living in that healthy state. But if you're trying to lose weight because you feel like, you know, you aren't worthy at your current weight and that's like a way to become worthy or if it is coming from a place of, you know, feeling not good enough or feeling as though you aren't beautiful and therefore you aren't, you know, whatever X, Y, Z thing you've decided, you know, is hinge, hinges on that. Um, that's, that's not ultimately healthy. And so the thing, like I was saying, like the, the thing that I really love about, about healing one's relationship with food, which is what I thought a plant-based diet initially was doing is that you're getting to this place where food is this Like, you know, my experience was like, food is now this positive thing and it's so amazing. And like, I love my life and yada, yada. But like, that's not the case for everyone. Also, like I had my own shit to deal with. Like there, you know, in retrospect, there were parts of me that was like, Ooh, I like the idea that this is like kind of safe and restrictive and like gives me like some rules that I feel safe in. And, um, there definitely were points where like, 
within those, especially in those initial first years, like, you know, ebbing and flowing, but there were definitely points where I like recognized developing certain fears about certain things or being more of a perfectionist around it. And I had to like be really mentally and self aware of those patterns within myself, which, you know, definitely in retrospect, I am at the time, maybe not as much, but you know, it, it ultimately was a positive trajectory for me, but I was noticing that for a lot of other people, sometimes it wasn't. And, and also just, yeah, like for a lot of people, there was something holding them back. Like they wanted that for themselves, but there was something holding them back. And so all of this just came back to our emotional world. And I was just like, no, actually that's where I want to be. So I forget your initial question, but I feel like that was kind of, <laughs> that's where that took me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think at this point it's like a conversation and yes, I super, super like relate. Like I am so much more interested in the, the deeper emotional stuff. I'm so much more interested in the beliefs and the thought patterns and the stories that we tell ourselves that ultimately are our lives right? Like, and the perspectives that we have. And I really think that it's important to acknowledge, I love that you were transparent there about how like there were these parts in my journey where like it was restrictive and I liked that and I felt safe within the the constraints or whatever. And it's really, I think it's awesome that you were able to acknowledge that, acknowledge those pieces, those parts and, and work through them and heal them and still also honor your, your larger values that you have for the world that, being plant-based serves. And I think the one big takeaway here for people is that it's, like you said, it's not choosing things from a place of fear. It's the intention behind your choice. Feel like you're not worthy of love right now. So you're going to go vegan so that you can become worthy of love. It's not going to work. Yeah. That's a nope. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, it's not going to be sustainable when you're operating from that place, that disempowered place, you know? Right. Yeah. So the self-work really has to come first. And I mean, I do really believe in the power of making healthy choices as an act of self-care. I believe that, you know, treating ourselves in a certain way sends ourselves the message that I am worthy of this. But that also, you know, that doesn't just mean choosing the vegetables. That also can sometimes mean, you know, choosing the cookie or whatever it is. You know, it's, but taking those, seeing food as like an act of self-care in order to build that sense of self-worth but it also, so it works in both directions, but I personally, I feel like it is ideal to do them in tandem and to really, really, like you cannot, basically you can't start just with the food. You have to also be doing that inner work of seeing yourself as worthy and being that safe space of love and compassion for yourself from the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. I think the inner work is super important it's foundational, it's necessary. And like, you know, yes, sometimes the nourishing choice, sometimes the healthy choice is eating the cookie and not beating yourself up for it, not freaking out, not shaming yourself, not fearing the sugar, right? Like sometimes that is actually the nourishing, healthy choice. And like, sometimes it's the vegetables, right? Like it's nuanced and totally. And that's, that's like, you know, that's, that's what self-care and self-compassion and self-love is. Like sometimes you know, I feel like self-care has become this like really, you know, hot thing that everyone likes, like it's a buzzword and everyone likes to talk about it. And it's like, oh, here I am doing my face mask and like sitting in the bathtub with like my crystals and candles, like self-care. And I'm like, yeah. And self-care is also like going to therapy and crying your eyes out and like doing that really hard work and embracing your shadows and looking at your anxieties and talking about how you 
you know, all the bad things you say to yourself in your mind. Like, it's all of that. And self-love is sometimes saying like, hey, you know what? Sleep in today. Just rest your body. And sometimes self-love is go to the gym. You're going to feel better at the end. Or sometimes self-love is like, just take a deep breath and go for a walk in nature. Like, it just depends. And that's where it comes down to like having that self-awareness and being able to know like, what am I really needing in this moment? Do I, do I need that like tough love self-love or I do, do I need that like tender, loving, compassion self-love? Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. It, it's, there's a time and a place for both. And like, depending on what you're dealing with, a certain type of love, either the gentle, compassionate, tender love, or the like tough love is going to activate us to take the actions we need to take. And it's, and I think being able to recognize which, what you need in any given moment is really powerful. And I loved what you said. Like, I do think that self-care is like dealing with the shadow, dealing with your shit, right? Like Mm -hmm. getting out the gunk that is like, making everyday life really difficult for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes we try to avoid that shit. We try to avoid it with the, I'm going to lose weight or like, I'm going to take bubble baths, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, it's not fun. I mean, at this point, maybe I'm like, I'm like so far into this stuff that sometimes when I'm in the middle of something really hard, I'm like, this is going to serve me somehow. Like I can see it. Um, but for sure, like, I mean, it is so real. If anyone has heard like the quote, like it gets worse before it gets better, or it gets harder before it gets whatever, like that is so real. And so like, I get it. I get when people are like, I don't want to dig that up. Like that feels really good to just have that like buried over there. But you know, those things you just keep pushing down, they don't stay there. So <laughs> no, they resurface in some other way. They, exactly. they affect your life in some other way, right? Yeah, right, absolutely. which was my experience. I feel like maybe I should have added that component to all of this because um, about, I don't know, three, four years into, I guess four-ish years into me being, um, eating a plant-based diet, not really related to eating plant-based at all, but um, just due to other circumstances in my life that aren't really relevant, but like just shit was kind of hitting the fan in my life. And as tends to happen, that resurfaced all of these men, that's like when your mental health cracks, like you might have it all together. And then when something else happens, if you don't have those skills for like healthy, supportive coping mechanisms, and you don't know how to deal with things yet, if you haven't built up that resilience for yourself, like you just totally fall apart, which was me. So I started getting really, really terrible anxiety and like OCD things coming up. And that was something that like I had kind of dealt with when I was a child, but um, hadn't really known what it was and kind of just felt really shameful about it and just kind of hit it. And like, it wasn't so much enough that it was debilitating. So I was able to just kind of like keep it under the radar a little bit. But then it like came out in like full force when I was, yeah, when that was happening. So I was like 21-ish, 22, like right out of college. So anyways, when all of that happened, I ended up going to see a therapist. And when I went to a therapist, that was the first time in my life I'd ever been in that space and worked with anyone. And that was when all of this stuff came up where I realized the ways in which I 
had used food as a coping mechanism for certain things the way like that was the first time that I'd ever told someone specifically out loud and admitted like I had I struggled with disordered eating when I was younger and that was the first time that I'd ever confronted the fact that like I deal with anxiety and like OCD symptoms and um so anyways in the wake of all of that those were all of those things that I just mentioned were things that I held so much shame around and so I was hit with this wave of like super like I was just it was like a full breakdown I was hit with this wave of super low self-worth because it was like if things if these things are true then like I'm a bad human like I'm broken there's something wrong with me because I'd spent so much time trying to act like those things weren't true and but they were <laughs> they very much were and so anyways going through that process of like I went into like a pretty pretty rough depression. I was, um, for about three months in like a really, really low, dark, heavy fog. And, um, even had some like, not full on, like I am attempting suicide, but like suicidal ideations. And like, it was just, it was really, really dark for me. But that process of acknowledging my dark parts and the places that I've been holding shame, the places that I've been trying to hide and finding love for them and finding love for myself and being able to be that space of love and compassion for myself and recognizing my inherent worth and being able to be that voice for myself that could give myself compassion in those situations and lead me through like that entire process just like was earth shattering in the most incredible way and on the other side of that i was like this is what is up <laughs> just like this is where it's at this is the work that actually is transformative and so that was also a huge part of all of this it was like all of those other things that i mentioned were definitely there and then experiencing that inner transformation for myself i was like oh wait i need to help like this is what i actually want to help people do so yeah that was definitely part of it that i felt like is probably important to mention <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. And one of the things I like really wanted to chat with you about was the inner work. You post a lot of these really beautiful uh, graphics on Instagram that are like before the inner work, what mm. the narrative is, what the story is that we tell ourselves, right? What the fear, what the thought, and then after the inner work, what the, yeah. what the stories and the narratives are. And I super deeply resonate with that. Like, I think something like with you, just very similar of like, I didn't, I didn't see a therapist for this. I did other avenues but had a very similar story, very similar path of just like really having to deal with like all of this deep, dark shit that like really sucked, like childhood trauma, in experiences that I had growing up, all of this stuff, right? And, and then on, of course, like a 10-year battle with an eating disorder. So I had to do the inner work too, and the inner, inner work literally changed my life, yeah. like transformed my fucking life. <laughs> why I do the work that I do now and like women come to me and they want and I help them with the food stuff but it's so much deeper than that like it's oh, yeah <laughs> it's so much deeper than that you know like people it's so funny I like have a joke with some of my friends where you know they ask me like what I'm working with people on and I'm like yeah like yes people come to me wanting to talk about food and then we don't like we talk about it like you know, for the first oh. five minutes maybe, and then, or like never, just <laughs> like actually never. It just becomes like, because that's not what it's about. You know, that's just where it's being projected. Yeah. yeah. As you know. 
Totally. Right. Like that's how it manifests. We had talked about like that deep stuff, like it'll manifest in the food if there's something underneath it. And so it's like, we have, like, I, I do spend like a, you know, at least a few sessions talking about the food, like helping women stop restricting, helping them stop binging, helping them get over their fears. But then it's like, okay, they're eating more normally. And then it's like all this other shit, right? Then we can finally have the space, the capacity to actually deal with what's going on. And it's beautiful. Like you're right. And it is hard and it is scary and it is dark, but it's like on the other fucking side. It is so worth it. Yes. Amen. All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, is there more you want to share about the inner work there before we kind of move on? Is there more that you want to add about like what the inner work is? What does that mean? Like, is there anything you want to add? Um, sure. Cause I guess, you know, when I say the inner work that might be vague for people, first of all, I think that something that is important to note is that the inner work is for everyone. Like if you are a human being on this planet, the inner work is for you. (laughs) Like that's kind of, yeah, just because I think that sometimes there's this idea that the inner work does necessarily mean going to therapy, which means that like you've experienced some like really extreme trauma or like, you know, you have to do the inner work if just like there's an if there, like if blank, then yes, you qualify for needing this. But it's like, no, the act of being human is hard. Like it is just when, when we are younger, we learn, I think it, I've read, um, in like a, in one of the psychology theories, it's like by age 12 to 13, we have learned what we need to do in order to be loved. And of course that is like asterisk, 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 like what we perceive of that statement, because that is totally like from a child's minimally processing perspective. But like, you know, for, for me, for instance, like I learned that like, these are the things like when I do these things, people praise me, people talk about how I'm, how I'm just like this perfect kid. Like I'm so amazing. I get great grades. I like, I'm good at artwork. I'm a good writer. I, you know, I'm in gymnastics and everybody loves these things about me. And then here are the things that like are not okay. Like I cannot be, you know, anxious. I cannot. So it's like, I categorize things as like, these are the good things, these are the bad things, I do these things, I hide everything else. And so anyways, just what I was going, going back to what I was saying is, even if no, if someone doesn't resonate specifically with like that experience that I just explained, like basically, as you are going through your initial years of life, like especially through like childhood, adolescence, young adulthood, you come up with like your brain decides what it needs to do to exist safely in this world. And then the next couple of years require a process of unlearning all of the things that actually are not true because our brain comes to a lot of conclusions in order to keep us safe. Like it totally has a purpose. And there's, it's not to say like, you know, you shouldn't look back on those things and hate them. Those things served you and took care of you at some point. But once you hit a point of maturity where it's like, okay, now, I can take care of myself and I can be these things for myself. And so that's that process of looking back and saying, hmm, like I'm actually going to choose to reject that story. And kind of like you were saying about stories earlier, you know, Brene Brown, my girl, stories you tell ourselves. But um, yeah, just like flipping the narrative, recognizing what things actually serve you and what things are holding you back and becoming your own healer and your own safe space. And so it's really 
the inner work is basically the spiritual work of the self. It means the process of introspection to explore your inner world and learn about yourself. Um, and in my opinion, the ultimate goal is then to be self-aware, self-compassionate, connected. That word connected is like major key for me. Like just let's put stars connected um, and at peace. <laughs> and to have the skills to be conscious and resilient amidst discomfort and challenges. Like to me, that's inner work. That would be my personal definition. And it's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of radical honesty. It's a lot of being really honest with yourself about things that you maybe don't want to see in yourself and having to be like, okay, actually this thing is real and I'm going to learn how to love it. You know, and by love it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you like it or you think it's ideal. It just means like, I'm going to hold love for this thing. If it feels better for you to say compassion, I can hold compassion for this thing. But yeah, and, and so what that looks like, it can look like therapy. Like for me, that was a, an amazing couple of, I feel like it was, I guess it was like about a year that I was in like really intense therapy. And there's also, you know, you didn't go to therapy and that's cool too. You know, it can look like just taking courses or going to retreats or, even just doing self-guided practices like journaling and meditation and having challenging conversations with people and reflecting. Um, but kind of like you were saying earlier, like we were both saying the shadow work is really hard. So very often I do think that at the beginning it helps to have some sort of guidance, whether that is an actual therapist or mental health counselor, or whether that's a coach or, you know, being in a retreat setting or something like that. So yeah. So many good points in there. And I loved the one of the things that I really loved that you had brought up is how like we'll have made these decisions. Our brain will have made these decisions to try to keep us safe. So I call them protective decisions. Mm -hmm. we'll make these decisions and they, they did serve us. They did keep us safe. They did help us get through life. And then eventually they become a point where they're no longer effective and they cause us more harm. And they yeah. cause us from like really being self-expressed and living the life that we want. So you have to be reflective and be like, okay, I made this decision. It helped me thank you. And it no longer serves me. I'm going to choose to operate from this new mindset or perspective or whatever. Totally. Yeah. Like I can look back on my disordered eating at age 14 and be like, thank you for giving me a sense of control when I felt so out of control, when I felt so lost and confused, like you helped me to feel that. Like, did that ultimately serve me? No, that was not actually a healthy coping mechanism. But it did give me that sense of control when I needed it. And, but can I look backwards and say, like, I get control, <laughs> I, I don't need to use that coping mechanism anymore because I've matured beyond that? Yes, absolutely. But I can look back at certain things and recognize why those became patterns for me, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I absolutely have the same. I, there's so many things and nuances that contribute to my disordered eating and my bulimia and all of that. But I also can look back on my binges, my binges and my purges and really see how they helped me. Yes. Like they helped me, like, did it fucking suck? And did it make my life like kind of miserable in a way? And I'm so happy I'm like healed from that. Yes. And I can also look back and really see how like I couldn't fucking deal with life. I didn't have other skills, tools. I didn't know, I didn't know how to deal with life otherwise, except locking myself in my room and like numbing myself. So I can look back and see how like, it, like, thank you for being there for me when I didn't know how else to deal with life. 
Mm -hmm. Oh, Tara, this was fantastic. Thank you so much. We have two little wrap up questions here. I guess maybe three. Okay. What advice do you have for your 18 year old self? Ooh, mm, I love her. Um, oh, that was so <laughs> I, so I don't think I would want to teach her any lessons because I learned each of, it's like a totally cliche answer, but like, it is true. Like, I feel like I learned each of the lessons that I've learned in the past couple of years when I was ready. And if I hadn't learned them yet, I wasn't ready. I wasn't yet in a place where I would have been able to. But what I will say are maybe some foreshadowing words of wisdom and comfort. And that would just be that when it feels like everything is falling apart, it's okay. You will be okay. You are resilient. You are so much stronger than you know. Rock bottom is a sacred space of healing. Have faith and ride it out because the other side is absolutely incredible. I promise. Mm, so beautiful. I love that. Somebody make that a bumper sticker <laughs> um, or not even a bumper sticker, like a t-shirt or something. <laughs> um, and final words of wisdom for anybody listening. Yeah. Let's see. What would be some like wrap up keynotes? I would say your dark parts have purpose. They make you whole. There is no part of you that is wrong. That's the first one. And Loving yourself is the single most powerful thing that you can do. It is the foundation for becoming your best self and serving the world in the biggest way. And when you heal yourself, you heal the world. Hmm. So true. I feel that deeply. Mm -hmm. Where can everybody find you? Tell us about your retreats. Tell us all the things. Yeah. You can find me primarily on Instagram. That's the main space that I use these days. Um, someday I'll expand beyond that, but doing the whole PhD life now is a lot. So <laughs> Instagram is my space. Um, I also have a website and I offer coaching for anyone who wants to individually um, work with me in that way. And um, I also host retreats. And so I have one coming up in January, 2020. I actually am very soon to be like officially announcing it. So I don't know when this is coming out, but if it's coming out before, you know, the next couple of weeks here, you guys get to know first. So uh, January 2020, January 4th through the 10th, kind of like a new year's set yourself up um, in a beautiful way, build that foundation to have a positive trajectory in 2020. And yeah, um, it's a one week retreat. I'm so excited about it. They are my favorite Thing that I do because I love connecting with people in that setting where you're getting the in-person experience, you get a little bit of individual one-on-one -on -one time, but you also get that sense of community and you are viscerally experiencing it and you can build those skills to take home with you and um, implement them into your life. And it's just my favorite thing ever. So if anyone's interested, please come. Can't wait to meet you. Yes. We talk about retreats all the time on this podcast. Yes. Like, retreats, retreats, retreats. Yes, they're my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if they didn't believe me, hopefully they'll believe you that, like, retreats yes. are epic. And you're right. Yeah. I think it's about the visceral experience. Like, it's very different to actually physically be in the space and to be going mm -hmm. through that transformation and that healing, like, together with the group. It's about the experience, which absolutely affects your emotional experience, right? Yes. Thank you so much for being here today, Tara. 
amazing words of wisdom. Mm, thank you so much for having me and just sparking beautiful conversations and going deep and you're marvelous and it was an honor to be here. Yay. Thank you, sister. All right, sweet friends. If you got a lot out of today's episode, would you pretty please share it with a friend or share it on Instagram or leave a ratings and review on iTunes? Pretty, pretty please. I would be so grateful if you are enjoying this pod, if you're learning things, if it's helping you with your relationship with food and your body and your mindset. I would be so grateful if you would share it or leave a review or um, tag it, tag me on your Instagram stories. I love it when you guys do that. It makes me so happy. And I hope you loved today. Wasn't Tara awesome? She is a badass and I resonate with her and her message so much and I hope that you got a lot out of it. And I'll see you all next week. Thank you so much.